LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Derek Hanna. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel center ministry every week. And Derek, you are sounding chirpy. Is that because you've just been on holidays? Uh, no, it's not. Just because your company inspires me, Scott, is why I'm chirpy today. Well, I hope you're all enjoying your holidays. It's great to have a good summer break. It's been great to celebrate Christmas and a new year. And we are back for another exciting year of The One Thing I didn't think we, I didn't think we'd get this far, to be honest. <laughs> so I'm pleased that we have. Yeah. Now, The One Thing is brought to you with thanks to the Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network. We're also part of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. We want to encourage you to check out... Uh, podcasts in our network but for now you've pressed play on episode 40 of the one thing understanding your church members Uh, one of the great phrases that i heard from michael lynn who runs the allstone program uh, for christian leaders in australia uh, one of the things i heard him utter was other people's perceptions is the reality that you need to work with other people's perception is the reality that you need to work with I find it really helpful to keep reminding me of two things when I'm dealing with people. The first is that what they say to be true or perceive to be true isn't necessarily true. But the second thing is that even though I might know it not to be true, that's still the reality that I need to work with if I'm going to move forward, uh, if I'm going to help them, and if I'm going to adjust how I'm leading as well. Uh, other people's perception is a reality that you need to work with. And so one of the things then that we need to do is not to pander to people's misconceptions or indulge people as if every opinion is truth. How do you listen to voices in your church context? How do you understand where people are actually at? Because just as their view of things may not always align with the facts, the same can be absolutely true of us as leaders assessing how our leadership is going and assessing how our church is also going. So we brought in Grant Borg from uh, MBM Rudy Hill or MBM Horsley or MBM Southwest Sydney to talk to us today <laughs> and and hear from him how he gauges where uh, his church is at. How does he help people grow? How does he help the church keep moving in a helpful direction? So welcome, Grant. It's great to have you on The One Thing. Yeah, it's good to be here, Scott. Now, what, what is the name of your church? Just so <laughs> we can clarify that. <laughs> well, we are MBM Southwest Sydney. Okay. And yeah. you're a campus of... Uh, MBM. Yeah, that's right. Yep. We're currently meeting in Smithfield, which is in the Fairfield uh, local Near Horsley area. Park. Can I just, you know, which yeah. is in Southwest Sydney. That's the Hence one. MBM Southwest Sydney. I was that's just it. trying to work out what URL do you register for that name that you threw out there, Scott? It's a long URL. So anyway, so you, you're a planner, Southwest Sydney, Smithfield at the moment out of MBM. That's right. Uh, how's it going? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, we've been going just over 18 months now. And uh, a good gauge for us in how church is going is are people enjoying themselves? Do we seem to be excited about things? And, and we are. We're meeting new people all the time. Uh, yeah, so things seem to be going all right. That's how it seems to me anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, how do you gauge that though? That's uh, not a bad question to let off. How is it that you, it seems to be going that way? And my guess is it is, but how have you gauged that? Well, look, it's uh, typically you have conversations with people and you can, uh, you can kind of pick up on whether they're enjoying church, whether they're on board with what you're doing. Uh, but ultimately, it's, uh, we did a survey uh, uh, about six months ago uh, that gives us a, really gave us, rather than us just having a, trying to work out from a, a few random conversations, it gave us some hard data to work with. 
And, uh, and that's probably been the most helpful thing for us to know how we're going as a church. Mm. Now, yeah. how, how did you do that? In, in the sense of, you know, we're going to survey people. When you read the Bible and hear surveys, it's not really a, a good thing. You know, it's generally it's leadership gone bad. Mm-hmm. Um, how is it that you talked and communicated to church about actually doing this survey with them? Yeah, so at our church, we often, uh, we communicate to people and we, uh, we, we tell them that we are a family. Um, for us, the idea that there would be any family where any voice isn't heard wouldn't be a healthy family. And so we wanted to let people know, as the leaders of the church, we're a, we're a, we know that we've got a big family. Um, and we want to give everyone an opportunity to let us know how things are trekking uh, in different areas of ministry, how they're going, and uh, give them an opportunity to speak to us about anything that might be on their mind. Mm. Mm. You've run it once at Southwest, yeah. Uh, but you've run it previously at MBM as well, haven't you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. This is a helpful thing to do. I think uh, uh, over at Rudy Hill, they've been doing it every year. Mm. Mm. Okay. So th- there are trends that you're seeing over the years, and you've run it a few times. Yeah, well, one of the most helpful things for us as a church plan is to compare our statistics with the statistics from Rudy Hill, and then they'll compare their statistics with the NCLS data. And so uh, over at MBM at Rudy Hill, their statistics are pretty healthy when you compare them to the average uh, evangelical church in Sydney. And so, uh, and then when we compare ourselves to uh, to MBM at you Rudy Hill, you guys are off the charts. You yeah. guys are going heaps better. <laughs> well, at least we're comparing ourselves with, uh, you know, because it's 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 one thing to compare yourself with, uh, you know. Uh, with with a, a whole um, set of data that is unimpressive, but when you've got uh, a standard that is already a cut above the rest, uh, and and we're just measuring ourselves off that, that's in itself is a helpful thing. Now the NCLS data, like the um, ABS census, happens every five years, but MBM's been doing this every year, so they can get that that regular uh, regular data on 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 their church family and how they're going. Um, it's it's really helpful to have that regularity now you've only done it for one one year but you have been part of mbm for the last five or seven seven years so you've actually seen uh you know seen the data being used uh what's what's one way that you've actually seen the data move from just numbers on a page to actual a change in practice or a a change in the church life at mbm rudy hill yeah so uh one of the things uh that we uh particularly keep an eye on is uh people uh, and their engagement with certain parts of the service. And, uh, and so what we tend to see is uh, people are either, uh, ex- you know, finding that, say, for example, we look at preaching. It's either, yeah, I'm finding this very helpful to life. Uh, I'm not particularly finding this very helpful to life. Um, and a lot of it seems to be going over my head, basically. And over the years, you see uh, trends uh, in, uh, in people's engagement with the preaching and how helpful it is to their lives. And as we uh, look at who's going to be preaching at church and the kinds of uh, topics that we're looking at and things like that, we can gauge how effective they are by how uh, you know how, how pe- yeah, beneficial it's been for people who are hearing it. Now, a lot of people hearing this might be thinking, "This is really hard to do. You must have a degree in you know quantitative statistical analysis. Uh, you know how to you know set up a, a schedule and all that sort of stuff." Um, how easy is it actually, you know, get this this done? Yeah, look, if I were just on my own planning a church with no one around me, then it would be near impossible for me to do. I'm trained as an electrician and we didn't do anything to do with statistics at TAFE when yep. I went through there. Uh, but, you know, we're, uh, we had a, um, I think MBM's been working on a, on a survey for a while. I don't think they started with bare bones either. Yep. And now we've got something that's half decent. And so that was given to us. 
and we're happy to share that with anyone who wants it. And it's just a simple matter of sending it out electronically, but also printing it out for people on a Sunday as well. Well, we, we do it on a Sunday and we give, you know, say 15 minutes at the back end of a service uh, for it and we'll do it in the service uh, to give everyone an opportunity to do it. And what time of year do you normally do you normally do it? Is it the start of the year? Is it the middle, middle of the year? Yeah, around the middle of the year. Yeah. 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 And so for MBM, that kind of leads into your people jumping into small groups. It leads to... You know, people again, sort of affirming, "This is our church. This is this is the family we want to be a part of." Is that yeah? That's sort of how it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it does. Uh, I, you want to do it in a in, in a time of the year, I suppose, where there's not so much movement. We find at the the front end and the back end in the year, there's uh people moving around everywhere. We're meeting heaps of newcomers. Uh, you know, just yeah, people are on holidays. So yeah, middle of the year is good. Everyone's betting in. Uh, if they're uh, disgruntled about something, they're more than happy to say it. <laughs> and and you find a lot of people don't want to do a survey often because they think it puts out puts off the outsider. So it's helpful to hear that you're doing it in the middle of the year when generally, typically, you don't have loads of you know newcomers coming into you into your uh, your church family. Yeah, but um, we're we're more than open, and uh, we'll say to the newcomers, feel free to fill this out if you want, based on your assessment of our church yep. in the last hour. Um, otherwise, go out and have morning tea. We'll see you out there. Yep. Okay, we're going to take a quick break because I want to come back and I want to ask uh, Grant some of the questions that you have in that survey uh, and dig into that a little bit. But just so you don't have to start from scratch because you don't have to start no, you from don't. scratch this. Scott, what do you got for us? Well, we can share this survey that MBM have done. It's a really helpful survey. Uh, so we'll have uh, uh, an attachment to that in the show notes. Very simple for you to put it on SurveyMonkey or for you to just you know change the logo and print it out and do it. Um, having having data is really helpful. Uh, the second one is a, just another tool. Tom Rainer's got a, a church health survey as well that you might uh, want to use, so we'll put a, a link to that as well. It's a bit more American, uh, but again, I think it's helpful to have two you know two surveys so you can actually assess some of the questions that MBM have got and think into what you actually want in your data. And the final thing is, well, hopefully you're part of a denomination that actually uh, pays for NCLS to come in and do that research every five years. The NCLS is the longest-running longitudinal study in church life and has some really helpful data in it. Can I encourage you just to use that data? If you're a member of a church, you know, find that data. You can already you can already hear how MBM have uh, used it to assess how they're going in the broader context of church in Australia, how they're going against Anglican churches in Sydney, and then how they're going as a church um, over time. That is another great resource that uh, I can encourage you to use, and it has a whole bunch of demographic uh, data in it as well. One of the helpful things that Ben Chapman, I remember, said on the ministry dashboard was that the que- you never get the questions 100% right, but the important thing is to ask the same questions over time. Definitely. So you can look at trends, you can see how things are going. So you're never going to be happy with the, the uh, questions in the NCLS data 100%, but to have consistency across that uh, is really important. Okay, back to Grant. Grant, can you um, just highlight some? What are some of the questions and the areas that you dig into in the survey that you use at Southwest? Yeah, so uh, particularly for us, because we're a church plant, and we uh, the only reason we planted this church was because we wanted to reach people who were unchurched, uh, dechurched, and we wanted to get them coming into church. So uh, we wanted to know how we're going with that, particularly. So we're asking questions like, uh, "How long have you been attending this church for?" Uh, you know, and on the back of that, uh, how long have you been following Jesus? Um, uh, where did you come to know him? Was it through this ministry? Was it somewhere else? Um, uh, you know, things like, uh, do, we, do you think we have a clear vision and goals? Are you committed to them? Things like that have been helpful. Um, is the preaching helpful to life? Are you connecting with the way we do music? A whole, a whole bunch of things just, to, just like as a good health check for our church. Hmm. 
Mm. And what do you do with that information? Say someone says, you know, oh, I'm sharing my friends with Jesus. How does that flow into other questions you ask and how do you make decisions around that? Yeah, so what we'll do is we'll get – so we're a campus we're of MBM and so I'll get all the data and then I'll kind of have a look through it. We'll have a, a staff retreat for a couple of days. We'll go away with the, the rest of the team at MBM and uh, we'll all just overlook the area of ministry that we uh, that we do oversee. We'll have a look at uh, the statistics there. We'll have a look at the responses, compare them with uh, previous years, and we'll pull out data that we think needs to be discussed. And we'll spend a day there chatting about it, thinking about it, celebrating and uh, mourning and uh, thinking about what to do about things that are, you know, are going in the wrong direction. Because that, that, that is helpful that you share that insight because I think it would be very hard sometimes not to look at, say, the preaching um, you know, and, and not take that personally as, mm. as a church planner, as a, as a leader. I, I think even if you're a welcoming team and you've been you know, driving in that first 12 months to get welcoming and integration you know, just you know, perfect and right and it actually came back, well, actually I don't really want to bring my friends to this church, it would be hard to see that data. Mm. How do you actually help walk people through the, the, the good stuff but the, also the bad stuff that actually says, hey, we need to improve. Yeah, look, I, I think it's more of a culture thing. And uh, uh, I mean, the most helpful feedback is the constructive stuff. Mm, yeah. um, and, and, you know, that should always be uh, kind of covered and, and, and uh, you know, coated, sugar-coated in a sense with, with some good stuff. But you need to hear that. I mean, if we're seriously committed at doing things better, then we need to find out, uh, what needs to be done better. And so, like, we just want to try to, as much as we can, be eager to hear it. You mentioned one example for just when we were talking about uh, uh, the regularity people were sharing the gospel, with Jesus, with their friends, mm. but how that didn't quite translate into Sunday. Can you talk us through that, uh, what you found there? Yeah, so we asked one question, how many of you have shared Jesus with family or friends in the last six months? Uh, and we found uh, over at, in the church plant, 93% of people had done that. Mm. Now, they, that seemed like good numbers to us. Uh, MBM at Rudy Hill, 77%. And so we think, all right, as a church plant, we're doing all right. Mm. Uh, that to us, as we look at how church plants operate across the country, people seem to be uh, have a bit more of a fire in their belly to share Jesus. We think that's consistent. That's good. We asked another question. Uh, how many of you are prepared to invite someone to church? Mm. And that number was 74% which is still much higher than the average, uh, but there seemed to be a disconnect there. More people are sharing Jesus with their friends personally, but then less are keen to invite them along to church. And I thought that was interesting, particularly in our area where we are, it's uh, in Fairfield, Liverpool, it's, people are comfortable to come to church. Mm. And, uh, and so we asked another question, do we do church in a way that gives you confidence to invite people along? And uh, only 56% of people said yes. And so mm. that made us dig down a little bit deeper into the way we do our music, uh, the way we preach, uh, the way we do our kids' talks, uh, the way we lead, um, and those kinds of things to help us to see uh, why people aren't as confident to bring people to church as they are to share Jesus in a personal relationship. So just a small tweak. That, that gives you a small tweak that makes you think, maybe we can raise a level of confidence to get people mm. to church, expose them to the Christian community. Mm and introduce them to Jesus, which is the end goal you're going for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. So, Grant, what's the one thing people should be taking away when it comes to understanding their church community better? Look, you can hear from people all day long and you're only ever going to hear anecdotes 
uh, most people will pat you on the back and others will want to stab you in the front. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's all well and good, but it doesn't give you an accurate representation of where people are at as a church. Mm. Doing a survey like this helps uh, you hear from everyone. It gives everyone a voice. You pull it all together and at least you know what you're dealing with and how you're trekking. Excellent. Well, uh, Grant, it's been great to, uh, to hear, hear that. Again, check out the show notes. You'll be able to find all that information and more. Uh, now, the one thing is part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network, and we're just going to take a moment to let you know about one of our top stablemates. Now, have you connected with the 5LQ podcast yet? Co-host Todd Adkins and Daniel Lim are going to provide you with practical leadership takeaways that you can implement this week. And one of the helpful things about this is they ask the same five questions. So as you listen to it over time, you can actually start to build uh, an understanding of uh, a church leader, someone serving in ministry, uh, and even you know other leaders that that will give you some really helpful insights into being a better leader. So can I encourage you to check out the 5LQ podcast? Two of our favourite people. Two of our favourite people. There you go. There we go. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The One Thing coming up in our next episode. We're talking to Sam Jensen from Virtual Church Assist on Church Administration. Until then, I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Derek Hanna. Chat soon.